to episode seven of PA from PA. I think it's been seven episodes. I'm losing track of time here in the quarantine. I'm ready to be done with this whole situation, as we as we call it. Mm-hmm. But it's still happening, so we're still here talking about another randomly generated word. This time, the word happens to be warrant. There's a lot of different ways we could go about, you know, talking about this word. Yeah. You know, are we talking about arrest warrants? Are we talking about car battery warranty? Mm. Both are on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm not even really sure what the word actually means. Oh, I can, I you can, can tell you. Can you can tell me what the definition is. Of, I can tell you warrants? what the definition is. According to my great friend, the Google Dictionary, they define warrant twofold. One as a noun, such as a document issued by a government official authorizing police or some other body to make an arrest or search the premises or carry out some other action relating to justice. Verb-wise, it's to justify or necessitate something. So, example, that offense is serious enough to warrant a court martial. Wow, good. Good yeah. sentence. Mm-hmm. Context clues there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Scripps National Spelling Bee? Yeah. Like, they broadcast on ESPN that one? Yep. And how, like, they have to, like, ask for, like, you know, like, use it in a sentence, language of origin. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you the language of what origin. What is the language of origin for the, language, for the word warrant? The language of origin. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm going to guess. Okay. Uh... Welsh. No. You want to guess again? Latin. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you. Um, okay, so it started German. Mm. It then worked its way into Old French. <laughs> old French? Uh, Gorant was the Old French word for it. And then it eventually came to our Middle English version of warrant, uh, also meaning protector. Um, so okay, this means it, also means protector? Well, I think that's, you know, if we're talking semantics here, you know, kind of like where it, where it comes from. Like it also kind of is like related to the word protector, safeguard, uh, keep safe from danger sort of a thing so it has its origins in a more of like keeping something safe even though it's often used to find things that other people are keeping safe yeah it's like a right the the anti-safe keeping it is would you in, in the spirit of scripts national spelling bee would you like to try and spell warrants oh yeah i can i can 100 percent. okay that, i i won my eighth grade spelling bee oh so really w a r R A N T warrant. That is correct. You would move Nailed on to the it. next round. Yeah, I'll beat all the second graders. Yeah. Which is actually how the spelling bee was operated at my at my uh, middle school. Everyone just woke up was, on the second. It was graders. no, it was it was K through eight. Mm. Every class had their own spelling bee. Okay. And the winners of each class went on to the school's spelling bee. <laughs> and because I was in 
you know, middle school and I was up against elementary schoolers. Yeah. It was a pretty easy win for me. I would imagine. Yeah. I actually have only been a part of the spelling bee once. Um, when I was in fifth grade, I was a part of the beta club. I don't know if you ever heard of the beta club. Um, I have not. Don't know if it's more of a southern thing, if it's nationwide. You know, you can let me know if you're listening. Um, leave a comment, leave a review on iTunes, uh, specifically telling me if you know about the beta club. Oh, I thought you meant to leave a review for the beta club. Oh, that too, if you want. If you had an experience. Like, do they have a Yelp I, page? I have quite the experience with beta club in elementary school, but uh, this particular moment, I was part of the spelling bee. And so the beta club was basically more or less like an honors club that people who made like A's and B's, at least that was the requirement in elementary school, people who made like A's and B's were good outstanding students, they could join the beta club and everyone would know how smart they are kind of a thing. And so they had these, not really national, they were probably more regional. So like people from all over the state of Louisiana that would come together for these beta conventions where they would have different like contests and things like that, like spelling bees. They had things for science, they had things for math, oh etc. And so I was chosen for the spelling bee. And I was told whenever I was chosen for the spelling bee that we would go through intense practice leading up to the beta convention so that I would be ready. We never met once. <laughs> so I went in completely blind. We're at the beta convention and they make the announcement that everyone who's in the spelling bee go over to the spelling bee room. Perfect. I'm in fifth grade, and again, in this room, is probably the same as you, like anywhere from like elementary to eighth graders. But they're all beta club students. They're all they're all part of the beta club of their respective schools, so this is like okay. regional-wide. This is the regional... Actually, probably statewide, if I had to be honest. Statewide. The statewide, statewide. the statewide beta con, you were a contestant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, for the spelling bee. And I remember they gave everyone some practice kind of beforehand. And it was kind of practice equivalent to the grade that you're in. So it came up to me, and my word was ghost. Okay. And I was like, all right, ghost, G-H-O-S-T, ghost, perfect. We move on. The practice round is over. Good. We start over again. I don't even remember what the word was, but it was definitely something that having been a 10 year old that did not practice for this at all beforehand i had no idea whatsoever so like i gave it my best guess i was obviously wrong mm. and then the losers just left the room like you could just oh, go so you back just kicked out exactly you could just go back into the convention like hall where like your school is sitting and join them again and hang out with your friends and then later on in the evening they announced like the top three of like every competition that went on uh, so I got to find out who won the spelling bee, but it definitely was not me. It was probably definitely an eighth grader. So that's my only experience of with the course. spelling bee, is that I, I didn't get to practice at all. I just went in blind, and I was out basically first round. Oh my gosh. So. Which, which, of course, of course the eighth grader is going to win. Yeah, of course. The person with more schooling yeah. is going to have more knowledge <laughs> in, that, in that area. The only way I could have won is if every single day, like after school... We, like, met up and, like, for two hours just, like, scoured the dictionary. Yeah, how do you really study for a spelling bee? People do it, though. I don't know exactly what it is, but... So, fun fact. Every summer, we all know, or most of us know, that ESPN broadcasts live the Scripps National Spelling Bee. And so, every summer, I get really hype and I start watching it. What I like to do is I like to pick one kid, and that's, like, my kid... And so every time they come on, I like get tense. 
they move on. Yeah, let's go. He's still in it. Kind of like almost horse racing. Like you kind of place a bet yeah, on yeah, someone. Yeah, bet on him. And then when they get out, I pick a new one. And so I just keep that up until hopefully I pick someone from like very early on and they win it all. Uh, but during that broadcast, they often will have like little like snippets, little features of the contestants. Kind of like even showing like how they prepared, their hobbies, all that stuff. Yeah. And like they, they prepare for a while. Like they literally like sit down with the dictionary. They read it through a bunch of times. There's like computer programs where like they're given the word and they have to like type it out a bunch of times and stuff like oh my that. Gosh. So you'll see sometimes whenever they're at the spelling bee, sometimes they'll like write on their hand. Yeah. Because maybe sometimes they've like copied it from the dictionary enough times and it just stuck in their mind. Other times when they're up there, they'll type. Like they'll do a typing motion. They're like because they've act done this, out typing. Exactly. Because they've done the same thing as writing it out, but just typing it on the computer. So they'll kind of like try and muscle memory remember how that word is spelled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it gets intense. That is very intense. Do you think there's any kid that has actually read the dictionary cover to cover? I do not doubt it. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> you think that that person exists? I think so. That by the age of 14 has read the dictionary cover to cover. Last year's spelling bee was historic because there was, I think, a nine-way tie for first. They just ran out of words because the last nine kids just kept spelling them right. So I'd imagine that if kids can get that good at spelling almost any word you could throw at them, that there has been a kid that has read the dictionary cover to cover. Oh my gosh. I and it's it. like, English is the worst language mm-hmm. uh, to have a spelling bee for because there's no consistency at all. No. And there's so many different, like, origins. Yeah, at least, like, if you're, yeah. if you're going, I'm going strictly Latin, like, mm-hmm. I know for sure this pronunciation is spelled this way every time. Right. But English, is, it could be literally anything. It literally could be anything. Because you're literally taken from so many other different languages. You're taken from German, Old French, all the way down to Middle English. You know? Dang. It just doesn't warrant that. It doesn't warrant the study <laughs> because it's pointless. Yeah, this is yeah. true. But, you know, those are the kids that are going to get into Ivy League schools. They're going to be CEOs. They're going to be business leaders. They're going to be politicians. And they're going to be the ones that are, are ruling our, our nation soon enough. Well, only if we vote for them. So. Only if we vote for them. So This is this is the real realization that America needs to wake up to. If they can spell... Anybody can be president, okay? <laughs> as long as you're above the legal age and you were born in this country, yeah. you can make it. You know... That's the dream. That is the dream, isn't it? You know? Like, nowadays, we, we've muddled it so much with resume, you know? Exactly. Like, you have to be in Congress, you have to be a lawyer or something. What about the man that owns a farm in Wyoming... And yeah, he has he a great idea for tax reform. <laughs> of course he does. Maybe I want to hire that guy. That's right, I mean, hire him. This guy has been working the farm all day just thinking about this over and over in his head. Yeah. Whereas all the career politicians have been working nonstop trying to make sure that people still like them. Yeah. So uh, he hasn't been worried about his public image. He's actually been worried about policy, which mm-hmm. is the most important part of politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is we, we got to get back to this. Exactly. Small town politics. In fact, I, I think I'll just make it clear right now. Okay. In 12 years, when I'm 35, yeah, maybe I'll throw my, my hat in the ring. Really? Andrew Benny for president mm. uh, in 2032. I'll tell <laughs> you that's what. A, that's an election year. I'll tell you what. If you don't go through and you don't write your put in your name, uh-huh. I'll write on the ballot in 12 years. Okay. I'll make sure. All right, so this is, this is a pact right now. Yeah. yeah. In the 20, 
32 election, if that's even an election year. If not, then the 2034 election. Sure. We will each write each other's name down in for president. Doesn't seem like a wasted vote to me. Yeah, the first the first <laughs> legal opportunity I have to vote for Parker Berthold as president, I will. I will. So you can never say that you didn't at least try. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I campaigned the, the most minimal amount you can. Yeah. You know what's absurd about this is that, and I mean, maybe I'm just showing my ignorance when it comes <laughs> to politics, but as far as I understand it, as an American citizen through the public education system, that in theory, especially with the world that we have today, as connected as it is with all the media, with all the social media, that really you could hype up a certain random person enough and like build up this online campaign of like vote for this guy, write this guy in, write this guy in, to where enough people could vote for that person. And before you know it, Ron, the farmer from Wyoming, is president. It could happen. It would take, you know, a lot, a lot of work. It would take a lot. It would take a lot of people that probably honestly didn't care about politics. Yeah. Because those who actually care about politics know better than to vote for a random man in Wyoming. Yeah, who maybe doesn't even want to be running for president. So you would have to get almost everyone that just does not care about politics, doesn't know about politics, literally almost all of them, to muster enough numbers. Which is is, is enough, because I think in the last election, like more people didn't vote really? than voted. That's interesting because I know they had a really big push to try and get people to vote last or last election cycle. So that's interesting. Yeah, so we we'll see how twenty twenty turns out, especially after the situation. Yeah, if it, anybody wants to change things in the country. Yeah, isn't that such a weird phenomenon that you have the ability to like handpick basically? And of course, it's like majority votes here, so it's like not you just by yourself, but you basically have the ability to like handpick who you want to lead this country and a majority of the people just don't do it and i'm not coming at this from like a like a, oh exercise the right to vote politics kind of a standpoint but just like logically like is that just a weird phenomenon it's very strange yeah it's very strange but i also understand why you would not want to vote yeah uh when the two options you were given true are hillary clinton and, and donald trump or i mean just in any election cycle where you know maybe you know you just don't really dig either of them you know, yeah. either candidate. Yeah, this is true. Maybe, yeah, I think I'll I'll start, instead of not voting, I'm going to write in a person that I know. <laughs> every every election cycle, I'm going to be that guy. That's basically the same as not I'm, voting. I, I know. <laughs> but at least I did my civic duty. Uh, technically. I voted for somebody that I think would be a good president. That's fair. My dad, Mark Benny. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be first first son. First son. I don't think that's what they call him. First, first boy. <laughs> Who's the first boy, Andrew <laughs> Benny? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. What, what what is the president's son? What's what's Donald Trump Jr. What's his title? I I don't think they have a title. I think it's just the president's son. The president's son. Like, but, I think it's just the, like the daughters are like the first daughter, aren't they? I don't think so. Are you sure? I thought for sure during the Obama administration that his daughters were like called the first daughters. I wouldn't be surprised if. It was just popular to call them that, but I feel like that's not an official it's title. It's not an official title. As far as I know, it could be wrong. Like like the first lady is not an okay. Well, I mean the first lady it is it is an official well, title. Yeah. But I don't think Interesting. children are. Because I mean, then when do you draw the line? You know? Like what warrants being called 
first. What does warrant being called the first, have... the first boy? Do you have first boy? I'm just imagining like first boi. Um, like then you have like first uncle, first aunt, first grandma, first grandpa. Yeah. And then typically a lot of people have two sets of grandparents. So who's the first? Well, who's the second? The the real issue here is that most people's grandparents are dead by the time they can legally run for president. This is very true. This is very true. Most people they get up to thirty five and they're both their grandparents are both pairs of grandparents are out of the But let's picture. let's go with hypotheticals here. You know, let's say that it was a, the youngest president legally 35. that there's ever been. Yeah. And his grandparents are still alive. Which set gets to be called first grandparents, which set oh. gets to be called second? No, I think they're all first grandparents. They're all first grandparents? Yeah. And his wife's grandparents also first grandparents. Both of them. Yeah. So, you, so there, you, there are four pairs so of eight, first grandparents. Eight first grandparents. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. First cousin, which is already a thing, but it takes on a whole new meaning now. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole <laughs> recontextualization of yeah. the term first cousin. First cousin. That's interesting. Yeah. If my if my cousin became president, maybe I'll start voting for my cousins just so I become <laughs> the, the first cousin. You're going to have to get a lot more people than that. See, that this is where it all circles back. You have to start a social media campaign for your dad, for your cousins, make it explode, and then have everyone get on board with voting for this candidate. Yeah. This election cycle, yeah. vote vote the Benny family. Exactly. We'll be like the, the new candidates. Here's, here's how you do it. I think, I think I'm figuring this out now. Okay. okay. Today's younger generation that can't even vote right now. Where are a lot of them right now? What's the obsession online? TikTok, right? Okay. They really like TikTok. We're talking a TikTok political campaign. Exactly. So you start right now hyping up your dad, Ron from Wyoming, whoever it is, on TikTok. They grow up seeing the hype about this candidate that whenever it's time to vote, they're just so excited. They have to go vote for this guy. This is it. So you start it from a very young age, and then by the time it's time to vote, you have yeah. to literally build up the anticipation from the time they are children in order to motivate them to vote. Nice. That's really how you do it. indoctrinate them. That's how you do it. That's how we get them. <laughs> That's how we get them. Good. That's how it happens. Okay. No, this is good. This is the smart planning that Donald Trump needs to be using if he wants to be reelected. Well, I don't know if using TikTok videos for nine-year-olds is going to help him for next cycle, but... He's, he's got a kid that's, like, younger... Oh, so hype up his kid then as yeah the no 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 candidate? no no his kid hyped up his dad on TikTok yeah but the if Donald Trump said to his kid listen get on TikTok and start hyping me up I, I think he he gained some traction yeah I, guess. I mean I guess it's not all nine year olds on TikTok there's people of voting age but yeah yeah you, you could use part of that tactic yeah. use yeah use TikTok in uh, all of your political campaigns yeah really get the word out uh, for who you want to be president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we need to start, like, forget about the party system. <laughs> oh, wow. Just everybody, everybody has somebody in their life, they're like, they'd, they'd be a good president. Every single person in the world should have a nomination. And then the person that gets the most nominations of anybody, oh, wow. they get up to, to be elected, like the first three or four. I, I think the issue with that is that you end up having a president that, like, maybe at most 2,000 people have voted for, and the rest of America did not elect that individual. Well, see, what I'm saying is, what I'm proposing 
mm-hmm. is that after the, the nomination process, we take the top four candidates. Oh, and I get you. you give the rest of America. All right, so these are the four guys. Take one of them. So this is true. So you're literally putting the candidacy of our nation's leader solely on average Americans voting for people that they like. Yes. Honestly, that could maybe work because I would imagine a lot of people would be like, hey, you know, Bill that comes into the store every Tuesday and buys milk? He's such a nice fella. He would be a good president. He'd be a great president. And then you get enough people in a small town to really hype that one guy up. He might just come in as a dark horse. A little little grassroots campaign. Exactly. And then people will like him because he's just a likable guy anyway. You know? And then we're going to start having like Marsh Madness style brackets that we're filling out. Like who who in your town is going to be the next presidential candidate? That might be another good idea to get people to go out and vote more. Is that if you start making it a March Madness bracket. If you start making it a game that they can win money on. Exactly. If you start... I mean, yeah, let's, start, let's start doing presidential betting. <laughs> I, I feel like that has to be a thing. I'm sure it is. Like, at least, like, before, like, they really, like, settle on two candidates. That has to be yeah, a thing. Yeah, like, in the, in the primaries, yeah. like, put, put your bets yeah. down on somebody. The people that put their bets on on Bernie are, are right. crying right, right. now. But, but I think the more that you can gamify it, I think people would come out. Because then, they're seeing it happen live. So, like, have the American people vote in a bracket style, round by round, until they boil down exactly. to who it is. We, we've been too busy using these gamifying tactics yeah. on our social media websites. Mm-hmm. when We should be using it to run the country. Exactly. This nation runs on games. Yeah, Duncan's out. Yeah, this is how we, this is how we market it to the American people. Hashtag, we play games. <laughs> we just become known as the, 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 gamer, the gamer country. Oh, man. <laughs> Esports takes over. Which we, honestly is going to happen, I think. I wouldn't doubt like it. Like, when, when all the people, like, all the people our age are in charge of the government, <laughs> like, you're, you, you, got, you have to know that the president has played Halo. <laughs> like, he 100% true. has. <laughs> <laughs> it that, that is going to come to that point eventually. The president one day will have played Fortnite growing up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's going to be a reality at some point in our lives. Dang. Which I'm looking forward to. That, that'll that be interesting. To bring it back to the guys that I can actually relate to. Oh, yeah. Forget the Donald Trumps, they're super rich. Forget the Hillary Clintons that have been in politics. How? Lives. I want somebody that has played Fortnite. How soon could that even happen? Like, maybe not, it wouldn't be Fortnite or anything, um, but like... Having a president that, like, growing up was, like, a gamer. Played video games like, a lot. I feel like that could happen maybe not next year, maybe not even the year after, maybe not even the year after, maybe after that. So maybe, like, most, four elections from now. I think most of those people born in the 80s. Yeah. So, I mean, theoretically it could happen now. Well, it could, yeah. Uh, but they'd have to be very young for a presidential exactly. candidate. Yeah, I'm imagining uh, that. So, yeah, I think give it another five or ten years. Yeah. For sure. Five or ten years? Yeah. So I could be like three more cycles. I could see it. Yeah, maybe he has a man bun too. <laughs> yeah, he looks like straight out, straight out of Portland. Yeah, yeah, he has a man bun and he wears chacos. That might that might throw me off a little bit. That might. I'm looking for somebody with a backwards Mountain Dew hat on. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm looking for the guy that played only Call of Duty. Oh, no. <laughs> That's. I don't, I don't know if I want somebody who only plays Call of Duty running the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, what's like the tasteful video game? Exactly. 
What's the one Minecraft? Like he's building stuff. You know, <laughs> like he's been. Yeah, and he's he's still playing Minecraft. Yeah, like and that's he's, he's still making worlds for you to jump into on the servers. Exactly that, from the Oval Office. That'll be part of the campaign, where like they really highlight that he's like a young candidate. Like he played Minecraft growing up and all that. So it's like long before he was building his resume on Capitol Hill, <laughs> he was building houses in plains and deserts on mine. Yeah, on usually candidates like right. try to point out the the development they've done in their cities back right. home. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, I've developed entire worlds within Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And this is why I deserve to be president of the United States. And I like that aspect of like he's still creating worlds even as he's president. Because then you're really like exactly. leaning into that as well. Like I remember when Obama was president, he was a huge basketball fan. And so like March Madness and stuff, yeah. they would always have celebrities like, making brackets. He would totally just like make a bracket. Just because, like, he was, like, leaning into that part of, like, who he was and, like, I mean, what people were interested in. You could definitely make up stats that point to his oh, yeah. March Madness experience being why he was reelected. This is true. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, anything could be true. Anything could be true if you have the right stats. This is correct. According to stats. According to stats. 95% of the time, if you have the right stats, you're, you're in the right place. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Wow, so we haven't talked about warrants at all. Uh, we've talked about things that have warranted other things, kind of, indirectly. Sort of. I guess in, the, in that sense, every conversation is about the word warrants. Because it's just a, a response to something else has happened. It's like a, a justification, sort of. Yeah. So, like, really, we could, we could talk about anything, and at the end of it, be like, yeah, like, that warranted that, because we talked about this before. Exactly. Like, we could just justify it. Yeah, I think the word warrant maybe is just the key to logic. <laughs> we're getting we're getting deep on this. Can you explain on this podcast? <laughs> Can we talk about philosophy next? <laughs> exactly. So the word warrant yeah. means a justified response to something else. Like this response is warranted, is justified, mm-hmm. is reasonable. Yeah, it's logical. Hmm. So you're saying that the essence of logic itself is a warrant. Is making sure that your responses are warranted. Hmm. Yes. But sometimes you can have an unwarranted response. And that would be not logical. So are you saying then that justice is dependent on logic? Yeah. That would be true, huh? That for justice to be served... There would have to be a logical conclusion. There has to be a reason behind anything. Exactly. There would have to be some sort of reason. There'd have to be some sort of objective moral wrong having done that needs to be corrected. Correct. Which is only logical. Which actually only serves to disprove relativism. Of course. So warrants (laughs) disproves the fact that the word warrant even exists (laughs) in the English language points towards an objective (laughs) wrong or right in the world. Honestly, I mean, just the concept of justice, really. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, this is it. This is all we have to argue. Honestly, just bring that up next time. You know, just ask ask the person that you're arguing with yeah. that thinks that morality is something we get to decide for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Ask them, can you define the word warrant for me? <laughs> and then when they do so, yeah, open their eyes to the world of logic and reason. Oh yeah. And then they will understand that maybe they were they were wrong in their in their previous understanding of 
of morality or the world. Maybe. Drop some philosophy bomb on him. A little truth bomb. A little truth bomb. A little stat bomb. Yeah. Drop the stats. Also, on feel what? free, of course, to make up any stats oh, to, to back up your claim. Well, now we're being relativistic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But if if I'm open about being <laughs> false with my with my stats, well, <laughs> just because you're honest doesn't mean that you're not being relativistic anymore. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, you can be very honest about the fact that. You know, you subscribe to the idea of relativism, and it's still it's still not wrong. logical. It's still not right. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So honesty then doesn't necessarily equate to logic, right? Does it not? I mean, there's some situations that you could argue. I don't even know if I want to go down that route because I don't even know the moral if implications of that. Honesty and logic yeah. are. <laughs> Well, I was gonna say if there's Maybe certain intertwined or not. Well, I was gonna say if there were certain situations where it wouldn't be logical to be honest, but I'm afraid well, of those. Definitely exist. They probably do. When when the Nazis are knocking on your door, sure, you're, you're hiding Jewish people sure. in your house. So there you go. So honesty and logic wouldn't but, necessarily. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Be but would it? that situation? In that situation, would it be logical if you're trying to defend your own safety to let them know that there are Jewish people in your house? Because then maybe they will let you go free. And at that, we'd have to go to the center of, at the heart of logic and reason, what is the goal? Are you out for self-preservation? Mm. Or is your life about other people? I think this causes us to look back to our original claim now. Because now, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about logic and, well... Maybe we're kind of refuting ourselves here a little bit. Because if we were to look very almost objectively here of logic, mm -hmm. right? If we believe that there is an objective morality, then true logic would warrant that whatever would be right and just and morally sound even would be the actual logical conclusion then. So gotcha. in that situation, right, you're kind of like ditching out others just to save yourself. Maybe that wouldn't be logical as per an objective, morally sound worldview. Okay, I understand. I think I can, yeah. I can jump on board on that. Yeah. Because it would be wrong to give up the location of those people, mm -hmm. it would not be logical to do so. Right. But now, you see, if we bring in relativism and you know what's logical is just what's good for me sort of a thing which i don't know if that's purely relativism or not but, but would it actually be good for you exactly it wouldn't actually be good for you maybe because it wouldn't be good for your mortal soul right there you go there you go boom so logic and morality right is that what we said the same they, they come together. also with warrant Warrant is the key to everything. We should start making sure to say warrant equal morality. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just imagining warrant equals logic. <laughs> I can just imagine like black shirts with white letters, like warrant equals logic or warrant <laughs> equals <like> morality. <laughs> Conspiracy with it. That that could be our first uh, oh like branded gosh. shirt. We're turning into like our first podcast show. Yeah, we can open up a PA from PA store where we sell those shirts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Warrant equals logic. <laughs> Warrant equals logic. 
<laughs> yeah, basically what you can get out of this episode is that yeah. the president will be a gamer someday. <laughs> One day. And warrant equals logic. Yep. Which I think is an incredible revelation that we've made. I'm gonna have to it's only it's only taken us how long is it seven weeks of quarantine <laughs> to get to this place it has i think the journey has been worth it i think it's been it has been warranted the, it's very much so warranted to reach this level of philosophical enlightenment to be here where we are now wow what a time to be alive there's no time like the present dang it's the only thing that's logical <laughs> um, oh my gosh i'm sure we sound insane right now which to be honest we might be uh we haven't i mean been outside in a while there was a lot of you know uh brilliant people that people thought were insane einstein einstein muhammad ali michael jordan people thought they were insane bill gates when did people think Michael Marilyn Jordan Monroe. was insane? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know. Also, is is Michael Jordan a genius? Would you qualify him as a genius? I would call him a basketball genius. Okay. Which might like, be using the word. Yeah, if, if you have to have that qualifier ahead of the word genius, is yeah. that actually a genius? I mean, it's using the word genius very lightly, but I would also say that basketball IQ is a thing, and so I would say He's that very, he knows the game of basketball, basketball very well. Probably, okay. I would say better than anyone who's ever played so mm. yeah i can i can take that mm. it's definitely better than me that's for sure this is true uh, i was not a good basketball player really growing up no mm. uh not not a great basketball player uh, but i still played for almost seven years really yeah i think first first grade through eighth grade mm. it was a long storied career yeah of a lot of my dad making me guard the people that he didn't think anybody else wanted to guard. Uh, oh, so you were like the lockdown guy then? Uh, yeah. Not, so like the people that nobody else wanted to guard because they were bad or because they were so good? Uh, because they were annoying to guard. Gotcha. So like those kind of players? Yep. Gotcha. And my dad knew that if he told me to go guard that guy, I would actually do it. That's fair. <laughs> so yeah, I was good at that aspect of it. Uh, the whole getting a feel for the the space on the court and yeah. like where players were going to be mm-hmm. uh being in the right spot or being able to pull off plays yeah not so much yeah. but defensively i could hold my own i dig that i dig that i mean that's an entire breed of player in the game of basketball some I guys have, uh, kept going yeah i mean some guys even like in the nba level they just can't shoot or play offense for the life of them but they're amazing defensively so yeah the problem I mean, is that most of those guys are Twice as big as me. This is also true. It also plays a factor. Yeah, I'm um, just, uh, you know, the exact average height of the American man, <laughs> and much less than the average weight. So. You know, I think that's all the more reason why you need to join the NBA. Like, we need more <laughs> equal representation of the American okay. population. All right. In the NBA, right? All right, I'm like, walking on. Not everyone is six foot five. 250 pounds like a lot of average americans are like you know our height what five you, foot ten five foot ten right like we need more representation of that <laughs> like people will see you andrew and that 16 year old sophomore in high school who has hopes of going to the nba but he can't do a layup 
and he's woefully short will see you and say, I can do this too. I can do it. So I'll give everybody else uh, some sort of hope. Exactly. Whether or not that is, is a true hope, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It might, might be false hope. Exactly. They'll see you going up for a layup and like a seven-foot guy just swatting you away. Like you yourself, the ball and you just going into yeah, the stands. The ball, and they'll be like, hey, that looked like it hurt, but he's in the NBA. Yeah, I'm playing in the NBA. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that the Cavs uh, would, would pick me up. The uh, Cavs? They're, they're doing pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, the Cavs could probably pick you up. Um, Pistons aren't much farther from Cleveland either. They're pretty bad. Either one of them would probably take you. Exactly. I have, yeah. I mean, I've lived in Cleveland for seven months now. Yeah. I can sort of claim to have been from here, and maybe that'll soften their hearts a little bit. And be like, listen, I've I've been to one Cavs game in my life, and the experience changed my life forever. Wow! And has inspired me to once again pursue the the goal of becoming a basketball star. With a pitch like that, I don't know how they wouldn't. Yeah, how could they say no? Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a a sad story of a man who gave up his dream in high school because he didn't make the freshman team. You know what comes after that, then? A 30 for 30 ESPN sports documentary. Of course. Where they feature you. And they always have those commercials. So it'll be like, what if I told you that just because you can't play basketball, that doesn't mean you can't be in the NBA? (laughs) What if I told you that just because you're 5'10", you can still walk on that court. This is five foot ten. <laughs> that's, that's what it's called. <laughs> that's what it's called. <laughs> the documentary about my basketball career yeah. is there's about actually, how short I am. Yeah, there's actually been NBA basketball players shorter than you are that have made mm. successful careers in the NBA. But so. they can probably shoot. They probably can. You definitely have to compensate for a lot. I'm gonna have to but, get that down. But if I can get just if I can just give my free throw percentage to like a hundred percent or like ninety nine percent, Andrew. Maybe that's where my value comes. I'm glad that you mentioned this because I brought this conversation up before to a friend of mine who plays basketball or played on the high school basketball team. And I remember I presented the question to him that do you think if there was a player who was just trash at basketball, right? Like couldn't shoot, couldn't play defense, ball handling was terrible, really out of shape, all that stuff. But he never, ever missed a free throw. Like, he did not have the ability to miss a free throw. Do you think that man would either get drafted or be on an NBA team? And he said no, which I disagree with. Because there's times in a basketball game where it comes down to free throws. Like, time's running out, and, like, the only way to either keep the lead or take the lead is by taking free throws. Mm. And no matter how good you are... Sometimes you might miss. So if you're telling me that I can guarantee a way that on my team, in those situations, we will never miss a free throw, we could increase our game-winning percentage by at least five games, I would say. But the trade-off is, are you even going to be in that situation because you've lost a player that is actually dynamic on the court? I mean, every team... Or are you just going to lose outright every, every single game? Every team, and this is true for all of sports, even the top professional levels, have players that basically just sit on the bench the whole time. They barely ever play. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an anomaly why they're really on the team if they're not playing that exactly. often. So 
I don't think it would take away that much, and you would only have to put him in in those late game situations. Okay. So that he would get fouled. So I'm like the last then... three minutes of the fourth quarter guy. Exactly. I go in. Uh, they pass it to me when they're trying to foul. Exactly. And I just guarantee I'm I'm scoring two points every time. Exactly. I can make exactly. that work. You could. And I, it's not like I'm trash at all aspects of basketball. Right. I can be a very annoying defender against somebody. So yeah, got that going for me. I think that's what you need to really, if you want to make it to the NBA, Andrew. Like I know that you do because you've been saying this, it this has whole been time. a lifelong dream of mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I didn't even watch the NBA growing up. Exactly, uh, my first NBA experience was a couple months ago. But hey, that one experience, like you said, changed your life. So if you really want to be there, I think you really need to lean in to your defensive prowess and work your free throw percentage up to a hundred percent. And I don't know why an NBA team wouldn't pick you up. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely doable for me. <laughs> definitely doable. Yeah, I have no. Yeah, no, no reason to believe that that wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't be possible for me. So, yeah. yeah, I'll get started. All right, don't let your dreams be dreams, man. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and you've heard the beginning of this, remember this day that you, <laughs> you witnessed history about to happen. When you're watching a Cavaliers game in the near future, yeah, as I know you that you see will. Andrew Benny come off the bench, fourth quarter, three minutes left. <laughs> You know what's up. <laughs> you know why. You know that you saw the beginnings right here. The inception of my basketball dreams. Yeah. At this moment in time. Dang. Man, we are creating history on this on this episode. We really are. We really are. It's always these words that does it, huh? Philosophical breakthroughs. Yeah. Presidential revelations. Uh, basketball dreams reignited. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, yeah. this is worth money. I think at this point we could we could start charging for the podcast. We start charging. For We're only podcasts. seven episodes in, but you know I have been so. Yeah, my ego has just been so boosted by this <laughs> in the past seven weeks. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely yeah. we're gonna start charging. I think fifteen dollars an episode is a fair maybe. I mean, yeah, fifteen dollars an episode. Maybe we can start making exclusive content. Where Ooh. within those exclusive contents that you have to pay for, we discuss some of our life-changing philosophical musings, mm. as well as practical tips on how to succeed at anything in life, whether it's anything. the presidential campaign or the NBA. Which you've already gotten those two. So that this uh, is like a teaser. But we've got so many more oh, ideas yeah. for how to become a successful person. We can make a second podcast. A second podcast... Uh, that we charge people for. Yeah, that's the bonus podcast. Yeah. Uh, maybe you give us a certain amount of money a month, and then we give you little rewards yeah. based on how much money you give us. It's a whole brand new idea on how to monetize content that I, I think is really going to hit big once we make it worldwide. We give them rewards. Yeah, rewards. Like we give them little treats for paying us. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's like not... a, Like a sticker or a oh. T-shirt or, uh, yeah. you know, we let them be in the credits of our podcast or uh, as a producer or whatever you, like, oh. you, you pay us and then uh, you become a producer interesting i can get behind that yeah so maybe a sec we could call it hear me out mm -hmm. ap from ap what's the ap what's the first associated AP? press <laughs> from from andrew and parker oh, that's still the same yeah that's of course the same. yeah um associated press obviously 
being news related, but it's kind of more formal as opposed to a public announcement. Yeah, we're gonna be wearing suits instead of yeah. just t-shirts. So maybe we can. Try you won't instead. be able to see the the change in our outfits, but you will feel the presence of a suit. What we maybe could go for instead is contacting Masterclass and seeing if they oh, will let us going straight to Masterclass have a Masterclass on Masterclass. Nice. And it will be on how to succeed at everything. Not anything. How to be good at, at everything. <laughs> everything. It will say, Parker and Andrew teaches how to be good at everything and why warrant equals logic. That's the final episode. you got to get through how to be good at everything in the world before right. you get to that one. Right. Because that's like too deep in the philosophical range. Yeah. You, got, you have to have developed your mind to understand what's going on. Parker and Andrew teaches philosophy. Exactly. I mean, that's what it has to be. That is what we're going for. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll pitch it to them. We'll see what they say. Yeah, I think, I mean, master class is letting anybody just get on there and teach a class. So. Are they, though? <laughs> I think so. There's a lot. renowned people on there, though. I don't know if that's anyone. Yeah. I mean, Gordon Ramsay is good, but right. uh, he was beaten by a Chiefs football player True. and a steak cook-off. So. I mean, Stephen Curry is good, too, but, you know. But he was also beaten by the Cavs and the Raptors. So yeah, yeah. What do you have to say? You know. So exactly. Well, this has been uh, <laughs> a strange rambling episode of PA from PA, and now it comes to that part of the episode that is always the same. Woo! We're gonna find out what the next word that we're talking about is. It's my favorite part. This is the, not my favorite part because I usually <laughs> don't like the word that we get. Wow. The uh, random word generator has not been kind recently. It's not. But hey, I mean, it's given us conversations like this, so maybe it has been kind. All right. A random word in three, two, one. Identification. <laughs> Can we please? Identification. Identification. I We're getting D. down to the conspiracy of IDs. <laughs> Why do you even have to have a driver's license? <laughs> the government doesn't own your car. Yeah. They don't own the land. They well, don't they sort of do, own but... you. You know? Do what you want. Yeah. You know so... what else has tags with their names on it? Animals. Let that seep in for a bit. Yeah. Is this like Animal Farm right now? Is, Is this... this like 1984? Is this Farmville? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this freaking Farmville. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you next time on PA from PA. <laughs>